They're back, baby. We're back. The Bills are so back. Never doubted them. So are we. Let's go Duffalo, the Odyssey app where we get your podcast. His name is Ryan. What up, 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 what yeah. Right? Like, you should be exhausted. Maybe I'm running on fumes. Two young children here. Terrible. How you feeling today? I feel fantastic. Yeah. How about you? I'm great. Awesome. All good. Awesome. So we'll see you next week. Okay. Nothing says bounce back like a 28-point conference win on your home opener. No, sir. So is everything right in the world with you? I mean, yeah, as far as the... The Bills' performance is well, concerned. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what's. I don't care what's going on with your like foot or I mean, anything gosh. like that. No, I'm saying a lot like, of stuff going on. Do you have any issues with this team after the performance that you saw? Like, are all of your concerns laid to rest? I mean, I no, no. But I think any concern that I have, I still need to kind of think through it a little bit. It's only week two, you know. We have a completely. Uh, awful showing in week one, and we have a fantastic bounce back showing in week two. It's it, what we saw on Sunday. Right, awful offensive showing week one. Fair enough. Good, very good point. Um, and I, so I guess to that point too, like my any concern I would have would be from the offensive side, uh, and potentially the special team side. But I don't know. Yeah, I feel much better if that's your question. So getting into the actual game on Sunday, what's funny is, you know, we talked last week about how the Bills were nine and a half point favorites at home, Mm -hmm. how they were tied for the biggest favorites in the NFL with the Cowboys, who, by the way, laid it down on the Jets. So are they throwing away the rest of those Zach Wilson's confidence is going to lead the Jets to the playoffs when Aaron Rodgers is going to come back and play? Are those articles done? I don't know. So the Bills... Favorite. I mean, the the line got down to seven and a half by kickoff. Wow. And they won by 28 points. Yeah. All right. So the most startling part of this game was good Josh. Good Josh. We saw good Josh. Good Josh. It was the most efficient game Josh Allen has ever played. You right? think so? Or statistically? Or are you, is, are you just making an observation? I, I mean, I don't, I'm don't. i making an observation, but it also has to be statistically. He had a career high. He went 13 of 13 for his first 13 passes. That was beautiful. If he had an attempt 20 yards downfield, it was a single one. Mm-hmm. He took what they gave him. He hit his swing passes, which gained massive yards in the pass game. Mm-hmm. Ryan. Patrick. How do we feel about new cautious Josh? I love it. I think it's like if we could play like that every single week, I would absolutely love it. It's <laughs> you would I, like a twenty-eight point win every single week. Oh, oh yeah, of course, Pat. Um, Only dynamite analysis. Like I'd like to win by twenty-eight points. If we every week. could just win every week, I would really enjoy. How about uh, my three-year-old? Uh, as the game was ending on Sunday, she goes, "I really like it when the Bills win." Oh, good. And I said, "Me too." You know, that was probably more of a reflection on how you act after the game. Yeah, probably. So, like, what you thought was, like, a sweet, fun moment was actually her revealing, like, she's going to need serious nah, therapy. Dad of the year. We've already covered this. Um, yeah. I am... I, I I love the offensive performance and the efficiency specifically. I, not to jump too far ahead in the game, but, like, that level of, of dominance and control with the ball, whether it's passing or, or the rushing game... Mm-hmm had to have been so demoralizing for the Raiders defense. They were on the field the entire third quarter. Yeah, it felt. that was insane that the Bills had, what, 13 minutes of possession time? Dude, like, wh- wh- are you serious? Like, that's got, and no timeout. Outside of TV timeouts, no one called a timeout. Yeah. 
Like, yeah, dude, like you have to be so exhausted and just, and it's not as if they were like getting first downs on second down. Like they were taking them to third down, you know? No, look, I'll give you that. Like being able to run a four minute offense with 30 minutes left was really great. Seeing James (laughs) Cook, uh, you know, take control of that running game the way that he did on that drive coming out of halftime was wonderful. Mm -hmm. I love the idea of you are up. What were they up at that point? 21 or no, I'm sorry. Um, Wait, at what point? When they that drive coming out of halftime, because they double dipped coming out of halftime. Was it 11? Yeah, it was 11 points, and they made it 18 on that drive, if yeah, I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, you're right. All yeah. right, so I enjoy having the ball control coming out of halftime and just taking it. Mm-hmm. And the Josh Allen we saw throughout that whole game on Sunday was the Josh Allen that people have been clamoring for, both locally and in the national media. Mm-hmm. Yep. But here's the thing. What's up? As great as the numbers were for efficient Josh, mm-hmm. it is much less exciting. Well, yeah. So I I, I realized something in that game yesterday. What's that? You don't like winning? I like winning. Sure. But I might need feast or famine, Josh, at all times. Yeah. I mean... We've lived, we've lived, you're betting too much now. We've lived that Josh lifestyle for four years. You've, you've turned into a complete degenerate. Okay, look, man, look. For 17 years, I lived in a run, run, pass, punt football world. Sure. Right? Yeah. And that, that was not fun. I didn't know. I didn't know anything better. Than well, that. it's not fun when it's not effective. No, I understand. But here's the thing. You know, everyone, we, we have these short-term memories. Josh has a bad game, and we forget that he can throw for 400 yards and five touchdown passes, yeah. right? Like that, that, for every New York Jets game that Josh Allen has, mm-hmm. he has three games where that gunslinger mentality wins them the game. I would say even close. I would say four or five, well, honestly. I, I mean, you know, he's not winning every game with that idea. Of I'm, course. I'm saying it's three for one. And granted, the bad ones show up sometimes in big moments, so those are the yeah. ones that you think about. But yeah. Like if I if you tell me three to one gunslinger Josh is going to win you a game, I'll take that any day of the week, hmm. any day of the week. And yes, I had a lot of fun watching that game. And winning is great. And the old school football nerd in me enjoyed the ball control, and I enjoyed the efficiency, and I enjoyed spreading it around, which he did a ton mm-hmm. on Sunday. But I'm not going to lie to you, I really missed. He's dropping back five steps. He's going to run to his right. And on the run, he's going to uncork a 50-yard bomb back across his body. I mean, I'm on the exact opposite side. Or maybe just circumstantially this Don't you want to live? Of course I do. Yeah. You, you, I want to invest in, like, the S&P 500 and watch my, my investment grow slowly over time. Something that's a little historically safe and effective. You want to go put it into, like, Shut up, Dogecoin or, like, whatever the heck. Shut up. You're nerd. investing in GameStop. Like, I mean, yeah, you could. That's awesome. But, like, that's not a long-term sustainable way of going about Says things. Says who? <laughs> Says in the uh, historic investment funds over oh, the. Uh, okay, I'm not talking about. I know. I'm just ass. kidding. No, like, well, like you look at Patrick Mahomes. He's not a safe, reliable player. He doesn't make the smart play every single time. The guy's flipping the ball backwards and going underhand and okay. running all over the place. And my point is that that team consistently wins. So you cannot tell me that you can't win with a gunslinger quarterback. Brett I, Favre. I don't. I'm not saying that you can't pre-retire. W- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that you can't win. I guess, like, but I also don't want to entirely rely on that. I love the idea that Josh can adapt his game and the offense in, in general to a uh, very efficient, methodical drive the ball down the field, take control. Excuse me, take control of the uh, of the entire game 
Like, what was the time? Of, do we know the time of possession, like, total? Uh, I can pull it up if you want to keep talking. A lot to a little. Yeah, that's no, it. I, it was, it, it <laughs> that's was, the answer. It was absolutely ridiculous. Well, yeah, I'll, uh, take the, I'll take that and stack up wins in the regular season okay. and let them uncork uh, when it comes time to, like, like really put them on the table. Well, see, but that's the concern here. And that's my, my other big issue with Josh Allen playing conservatively. Mm-hmm. Is you can beat the Raiders. Yep. The Raiders of the world playing conservative ball. Sure. Can you beat the Chiefs and the Cowboys and the Dolphins with that kind of Josh Allen? Well, I mean, you you are insinuating that the offense was conservative. It was pretty conservative. I disagree. I think it was. I think I, there are aspects Time of possession, of, 24 minutes to 12 minutes. <laughs> God damn. I mean, that's crazy. Um, Wait, that doesn't make sense. Wait, 24 minutes to 12 minutes? That's only hell? 40 minutes. I, I understand. That's it's, it's, it's what I'm saying. It doesn't make any sense. I'm pulling it off the Bills app right now. Interesting. Anywho. Someone needs good, to get fired. That's how good the Bills were. The Raiders <laughs> just held the ball on the sideline for 10 minutes. Or that uh, that statistician just went home. <laughs> like, hey, it's probably... Just put it at 40 minutes. No one's going to know. Who looks up... Who's going to go to the Bills website to look at time of possession? The Bills had a three-quarter edge in time of possession. Got it. Um, yeah, your, your point is that... The Bills' offense was conservative and like you know vanilla, yeah, it was. milk toast. It was. I would uh, dis- disagree. I think in general they like yes, maybe it wasn't so much like complete hair on fire tossing the ball all over the yard, mm-hmm. but like where it mattered, like I think they were ex- incredibly aggressive. Okay, so put a pin in that because we will talk about the play call decisions. Okay, okay. But that being said. Ryan, they didn't throw the ball more than 20 yards downfield. If they, you don't have to, you don't have to. Okay, Why yes. force it? No, what I, happened last week when he forced it all over the when he forced it twice? I understand. But even, but the underneath wasn't there. I mean, look, that Jets defense might be uh, actually after watching that Cowboys game, maybe not. But yeah. I, I mean, look, who knows? September does not mean anything. I heard somebody right. make a great point that every team that's at 500 or better at Thanksgiving is in it. And that's the perfect way to describe it because you yeah. look at the way the Bill season la- went last year, September, everything was amazing. Yep. And then, you know, after everything happened and we get to Thanksgiving and everything after that, things were a disaster. But right. the point I'm making is I don't know if Josh has it in him to just flip a switch and become gunslinger in the middle of a game. I, I We've never seen it happen. I what made me a game where Josh was playing conservative ball and then all of a sudden he rears back and when they needed a play and just gives it to him. I feel like he he teeters on that line all the time. Like I, I can't give you a specific game because I think that's his game. I think truly at a moment's notice he can absolutely turn it on and be like watch like hold my beer. Okay, no. When you watch Josh Allen have those monster games where his arm and legs are doing amazing things. Mm-hmm. Here's where his progression goes. You ready? Take the ball. Five-step drop, 50 yards down the field, 40 yards down the field. Okay, I'll take Dawson Knox on the sideline for seven. Drop back, look for Gabe Davis, 30 yards coming across, not there. Okay, I'll drop down to, you know, Devin Singletary last year for five yards coming out of the backfield. Like, it, the watching his eyes work, when he's in I'm-going-to-take-it-all mode, it's big play, not there, dump it off. Where yesterday, it was I'm going to take the easy pass, which is great against the Raiders. Does it work against Kansas City? I don't. I'm not concerned about it working against Kansas City or working against, uh, you know, the Dolphins or whatever the case. I'm happy to see that he can go through a traditional uh, progression as a quarterback, take what he can, and stay on the field yawn, and, and put up yawn. 28 points. I mean, whatever. 28 you point win. 28. Yeah, right. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, you do you. Whatever. I'm gonna. I'll take whatever I can get at this point. Okay. Great. 
Great. You want to have, uh, you want to see if Trent Edwards is available to be his backup for the rest of the season? Well, Trent Edwards couldn't do it consistently, and he also didn't have a, a fantastic defense to go with it, too. So let's talk about that. The Bills, after allowing that opening drive touchdown, which was not fun, by the way. No, I yeah. They just terrible. marched right down the field, and it was like, okay, so not only do they score up front of that first drive, then the three and out, and yeah. it's like, you got to be kidding me right like, now. Are we serious right now? After that initial touchdown drive, the Bills defense held the Raiders to three points for the rest of the game. We're not serious right now. I mean, I've never seen a turnaround like that. Like As soon as Bernard made that pick, yeah. Ooh. I saw that, uh, and I, honestly, something that I kind of overlooked, like Sean McDermott said in the uh, in the presser after the game, like that was a momentum shift, momentum shifting moment for the game. Yeah, and it happened really early on. But like, if you think about it, like, absolutely, it was. 100%. And that's a tip ball, you know, you know, tip drill kind of thing. Like, right place, right time. I mean, you have the advantage as the defense to. You know, to to do that, oh, but I would disagree that it was a tip ball like fifty fifty thing. I mean, it was a screenplay. The Bills sniffed it out immediately, where they just sent everybody at Garoppolo. What I'm saying is, like specifically to Bernard, like if you want to, if you want to look at the interceptions in the game between like Milano specifically and mm-hmm. Bernard's, like they're polar opposite. Oh, sure, sure, like, sure. Mar- like Milano was like that ball's mine. That Milano pick was insane. It was it was gorgeous. He, how how at his height is he able to get over a linebacker that weighs 10 pounds or a running back that weighs 10 pounds more than he is? Take the ball from in front of his face. Give me that. Can I ask a serious question? Shoot. How is that not pass interference? I mean, if he's they're both making a play on the ball. I understand, but like that's a penalty. That's a foul in basketball. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I just, I'm glad it's not. But like when Randy Moss mossed people, right? Because that's what they're comparing it to. Yeah, yeah. He would physically like go over without touching the defensive back, get the ball yeah. and come back over again. Where Matt Milano swallowed him like he was Grimace from McDonald's. I mean, I'd, I'd have to go back and take a look at it. It didn't stand out to me like it was like blatant, like he hit him and like knocked him over. He didn't. It was just like, I, it's just funny how they call every ticky tack piece of contact for pass interference now except for that one on uh christian bedford yesterday i don't know how the hell you picked up that flag either oh oh yeah no, right, for right. Sure. but yeah, yeah. but no look i'm glad it's I, I'm, I know it's not a rule and i just don't understand how someone can get a hand on somebody's chest mm-hmm. uh running down the field and that's pass interference but matt milano's body is on top of him like a bearskin jacket and it's like that's ah, fine. That Matt Milano also hunted and uh, skinned in the wild, <laughs> Revenant style. Yeah, I, will- I, I mean, maybe the refs are taught to like let things go closer to the line of scrimmage or, or like in the middle of the field. Oh, like, that's a good point. It was within five yards. Yeah, I mean, maybe the uh, just in general, like the matchup of, of outside linebacker versus a running back. Like, are we really going to call pass interference? Like, I'm sure you could, but like. Who's looking there? Well, no, but nobody even made that argument. Like, I maybe it's not. It doesn't seem like it's pass interference at all. I just don't get the side by side of what is illegal and what is not illegal when I'm defending a defensive back. Yeah, but back to the point of like, like there's a difference between those two picks, Bernard's pick and Milano's pick. Yeah. Um, but there, but the the momentum completely shifted in the game at that point. Like, and, and so early on too. Like at that point, like they they just ran away with it, so yeah. to speak. I mean, they put the Raiders put up three more points, but yeah. Well, like going with like, as we talk about Milano, Bernard, all these things, like Milano specifically, outside of Micah Parsons in Dallas, mm-hmm. I think Matt Milano's in the discussion for the best player, defensive player in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, he does it all. He's had he will blow up plays behind the line of scrimmage solo. That that uh, TFL on on M N F. 
that one where he just shot the gap and just you know like absolute like blasting zone in the back you will see one or two of those plays where matt milano by himself will take down an open field tackle style like ryan that doesn't happen a lot of times with linebackers that's that's something we become accustomed to milano but you don't see that on a regular basis he's got three straight regular season games with interceptions Mm -hmm. he is an amazing coverage linebacker yeah he literally does it all you are able to bring along a guy like Bernard as your middle linebacker because he elevates the play of everybody else. I don't disagree with you. I think that like Milano has absolutely, I hate to say quote, like proving his worth. Cause I think Western New York has understood the value of Matt Milano for, you know, five years now. But I think on a national stage, Especially, I mean, like you said, three picks in the in the last three regular season games. Starting off, I mean, he's got he's the new. Uh, I don't want to say it out loud. I'm not gonna. He's the new, you know, Kiko Alonso oh, of like you son keeping of a, the. I'm sorry. What I is wrong it. with you? I couldn't help it. Like I, I think he would. He's got to keep this streak going. I hope that he does. Okay, so. I don't. Okay. What? Nothing. What? I just enjoy the idea that Matt Milano is making this Terrell Bernard transition way easier than we thought it could be. Sure. Which, by the way, with his pick yesterday, did you see he ran right into Dad's lap? No, I didn't. You didn't see the picture? Oh, well, after the I didn't realize that was, uh, That's Terrell that was Bernard. the play. So Terrell Bernard makes the interception. He's yep. so excited that he's holding the ball for like literally four minutes, just like, he just runs towards the spot. I mean, it's got to be his first NFL pick, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I'd, hang on, I'd still be hanging on to that ball. He jumps. Even though Dad's trying to rip it out of my hands. He's, <laughs> He jumps into our dead seats, and one of the guys from the Buffalo News took a picture. So there's, like, this kid who's, like, holding Terrell Bernard, and our dad is standing over the kid, like, Aah! but it looks yeah. like he's yelling at the kid because the kid is holding Terrell Bernard. Get out dad. of my way! That is my Bills players are my shit! I mean, if you want to talk about streaks, now dad's got two uh, regular season, um, you know, uh, what, like, Getty images <laughs> yeah, that are, no, like, copyrighted yeah, yeah. were, uh, you know, high-quality stuff. Not wrong. So uh, we are getting some big answers early with Terrell Bernard because that was a big question. One, who was going to play middle linebacker? And two, can Bernard play it at his size? The big worry was could the Bills stop the run up the middle with a linebacker that was like this weekend, he was outweighed by 30 to 40 pounds Mm -hmm. by Jacobs. The Bills held Jacobs to negative two rushing yards in that game. Love to see it. Last year's uh, scrimmage yardage. No, rushing yardage. I'm sorry, uh, rushing yardage uh, leader. It was the first time in NFL history that a reigning rushing leader had negative yards in a game the next season. First time it's ever happened. And a stat I'm making up right now, first uh, running back in uh, Orchard Park to have negative yardage since Reggie Bush on the uh, Buffalo Bills. And here is your reminder, if you're feeling bad about yourself, Hmm. Everybody listening has more rushing yards as a Buffalo Bill than Reggie Bush does. Oh, so put yeah. that on a plaque and hang it in your basement. Look at that. Second to last. So, at, at, at worst. So, you know, you brought up, uh, you would argue the Bills were being aggressive in that game on Sunday. Yeah, I think so. And your main reason is? The fourth down calls. Okay. Sean McDermott, the gambler. Oh, yeah. And he's got those glasses on like he's sitting at Poker Stars. <laughs> just sizing everybody up. <laughs> And he's just why he's doing that that like folding uh you know bridge with the chips and all that jazz. Some guys yapping in the on the side, but he's not getting phased. All right, so we're we're seeing it on both sides of the ball. Let's start with offense. 
the two fourth down conversions that stand, or the first four, two fourth down attempts that stand out are the ones inside the red zone. Yep. Okay. They went for it twice on fourth and goal. Mm-hmm. They went one for two, but hitting on the one negates the fact that you didn't get the points on the field goal because you actually got seven. Do you get what I'm? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like as long as you are fifty percent. Missing on that first fourth and goal is completely negated. Because if you would have taken a field goal there, mm-hmm. well, no, because you could have gone for it again on fourth say, and ten points. I'm dumb. Yeah, you're. you're well, I'm so saying if you would have taken two field goals, mm-hmm. one touchdown on a fourth and something outweighs the two field goals. Right, because field goals are three points. You know what I'm trying to say. I think I know what you're trying to say. Anywho. I and a lo- touchdown is six points. I loved going for it on the first fourth and goal. And it yep. didn't work out. I love that. You, you got the momentum. Everything's feeling good. You mm-hmm. want to prove to your offense that you believe in them. You want to show Josh you believe in them. And look, you had Steph wide open in the back of the end zone. But he had been efficient up to that point. Yep. You're, you're going to miss something. And just just to be clear and you know clear up my memory, this was not the one where they were going to kick it and McDermott came down and he was like, actually, no, we're going to go for that it. That was the second one. That was the one. second one. Okay. So to the first one, I thought it at first, and I don't think so after looking at it, but I guess maybe I had, I don't have all 22 access, but uh, it, I thought for a second because the ball was kind of high that maybe he was targeting Diggs, but I don't know. No, he wasn't. Right. Okay. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Because Diggs was wide open in the backfield. Yeah. Uh, or in the back of the end zone. So, in fact, there were two wide open receivers. He just managed to find the one that wasn't wide open. Yeah. I don't know if there was like a, you know, uh, Pass rush coming, like barreling down on him or whatever. But yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? All right. The second, fourth, and goal, mm-hmm. I would not have gone for. Really? I'm glad they got it. Sure. I would not have gone for that. So you would rather them play conservative ball there and take a field goal, which is how many points? I'll take, uh, it's three points last time I checked. Got it. So at that point, the Bills were up 11. Uh huh. You kick the field goal, 14 points puts the game out of reach. I mean, the, oh, the Raiders were scores. not moving the ball. I, I would say all the more reason to go for it right there. What, you're going to make them drive 98 yards? Okay. They're not moving the ball. Remember, Take your shot. Okay, but here's the problem. You remember last week in Monday Night Football where Josh throws that long interception, or the first one, and it's like, ah, it's as good as a punt, no big deal. Sure. And then Bilal blasts off a 80-yard touchdown run. You do have the leading rusher from Brees Hall? Or Bryce, yeah, Brees Hall, yeah. I'm out of my mind. Right. But, like, you do have the reigning leading rusher for the NFL back there at the two-yard line. Like, who's to say it doesn't happen again? Take the points because you weren't taking points in the game against the Jets. Well, sure. I mean, it's all about probability, I think. Like, I, I'm I'm perfectly cool with the call. Look, it worked. It was a great idea. I'm, even, nit, I'm nitpicking. I'm yeah, nitpicking. I think you're nitpicking. Even if it didn't work out, there, even if they went 0-2 from inside the 5, inside the 3. That would have been something we goal. were talking about. The, oh, yeah, but sure. But at the same time, like, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, you're you're putting the trust in the offense. If it does, if they don't convert, like, that's an execution thing that you have to work on. It's week two. No, you know what else is weird, though? What? If I'm remembering correctly. The three plays that led up to the fourth down place, was that six runs? Did they not try to throw the ball at all until fourth down on both tries? Because there was the Josh hurdle where he took another helmet to the testicles from his Mm ex-teammate. There was the Josh draw, and then there were multiple runs from Harris and Latavius Murray, and Cook had a rush in there at one point. Yeah. I think yeah, I, I wouldn't be. I can't remember specifically, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was a run, run pass. All right, situation. so don't tell me they're not playing conservative when you were when you had eight plays inside the five, inside the five, and you get six of them. That's not how they were playing ball last year, man. Spread them out. Let Josh make a decision. If it's not there, run it. 
Okay, well, they're also making a more conceited effort of, of taking, of, of concerted. Try, concerted, thank conceited. you. Conceited. This um, effort is so good. <laughs> Such a great effort, man. My effort is the best of all the efforts. I hate you so much. Oh, you want to you want nitpick? That's what you get. Um, yeah, I think they're making a much more concerted effort to not have Josh take as much contact, whether that whether that's actually happening or not. But from a play call perspective, yeah, I mean, give it you have three uh, powerful running backs who were getting pretty good pickup, um, okay. you know, per clip. Sure. Give them two shots. Okay, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the problem, bro. I scratch my face here. You were inside the five twice. Yeah. Or inside the ten twice. You had to go for the fourth down twice. Okay. Well, you're you are nitpicking. No, but I'm saying like you want to sit here and like, you know, wave the flag for how great the can you know how what the offense was. The fact that they scored on that second fourth down wipes out you ran it six times before you got there. I don't see it that way. I think you're taking the um the path that makes the most sense on first and second down. Um or and third down for that matter too. <laughs> first, second, third. Uh and so yeah, and if it's not there, like, okay, now you gotta go to the well. Even if they tried to run it four times, like and it didn't work out, like you're in the you're within two yards no, of the no. end zone, man. You just and the play's dead the moment you cross the plane. Okay, but if you're within that if you're that close to the end zone, why didn't you score on the first three times you ran the ball? Dude. I'm just saying, man, I've watched this offense. I've seen this game. I watched Antoine Smith run into Ruby Brown's ass multiple times. I watched, you know, what? Willis McGahee and Marshawn Lynch and Fred Jackson, and I can keep going on and on and on. You're paying the quarterback a quarter billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Is it too much to ask to mix in one throw in six plays inside the 10-yard line? Yeah, I mean, who knows? I don't know. I'm not the offensive coordinator. What do we look like? A, a, a nutbag punching windows out? Bro, that's how you know he was feeling that pressure inside the red zone when they scored and he did that like one of us, one of us <laughs> hand thing. Bro, that dude's insane. He's an absolute crazy person. I don't want to see him anywhere. Uh, even that camera angle was way too close for comfort. Bro, you can tell he's nuts. Like, put a fisheye on that lens, for God's sake. Did you see the look on the guy next to him's face when he started doing the pound at the table? Because, <laughs> like, he's trying to keep it together, but he, you can see he's, like, watching by the corner of his eye, and he's like, oh, he's doing that thing again. Now, maybe maybe that's the answer as to why so many offensive uh, assistants left <laughs> the Bills <laughs> in the offseason. You had the offensive, uh, you know, what, Thor, yep. whatever, uh, he leaves. Um, Chad, uh, help me out here. Chad Hall yep, leaves for uh, for Carolina. Yeah. Um, others, probably. He's crazy. Oh, he's doing it again. He's a nutcase. You want to talk about nutcase? Well, I mean, look, everyone was back together in Orchard Park for the first time yep. for the home opener, Woo! and it was the first regular season game where fans were going to be mixing in mm. uh, as they were building the stadium in what used to be a parking lot. Melting pot. Did you see this story, Riot? What? The most exciting thing that happened on Sunday in Orchard Park was not on the field. Oh. It was in the parking lot. Oh, we were talking about Kiko Alonso before. Oh, boy. If you thought that story was crazy... This will be the craziest Bills parking lot story you've ever heard in your life. Okay. Laugh all you want. I promise you. We'll get to it next here. Let's go Duffalo. The Odyssey Apple Beach Podcast. Bills fans are known 
for partying in the parking lot. Among other things. I mean, and look, the reputation Bills fans had garnered, I think, is unearned. Right, hmm. a couple of videos went viral, and everybody assumes every inch of that parking lot is flaming tables. They just got it out for us. They don't know us as people. Okay, but it's going to be hard to but argue. We're also crazy. It's, Brian, you don't know what crazy is. Hmm. I warned you. Okay. You hang it out. Let's go Duffalo on the Odyssey app where we get your podcast. His name is Ryan Duffy. Hmm, Patrick. My name is Pat Duffy. Uh, in just a little while, we're going to find out what's making Ryan sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say it every week. It's not funny when you do it week after I didn't week say a word. Week. I didn't say a word. And I, I'm not trying to be funny. It is legitimate frustration that you never have anything that makes you sad. I have never fumbled once. Give me a clue then. Go. The game. <laughs> okay, you are so full of crap. <laughs> we'll get into that in just a little while here on Let's Go Duffalo on the Odyssey app. All right. Mm. The most insane story on Sunday in Orchard Park was not a 28-point victory for the Buffalo Bills. Mm. It's this story. There are reports that during the game, or excuse me, right before kickoff, a Bills fan jumped the fence of the new construction site across the street. Okay. And after doing so, fell in a hole. <laughs> now, I saw the hole was 20 feet deep. Wow. I don't know if that's confirmed. I don't, I don't have a confirm on that. All right. So, Ryan. Yeah. When I tell you those initial details, I want you to paint me a picture in your head as to how everything led up to that moment and why that man did what he did. So quick clarifying question, because I want to try to get as much detail as I can. Sure. Do we know how how before the game? Uh, it was 1220. Okay. Yeah. So my guess mm-hmm. is it's a dude. Let's just say it's a dude. It is absolutely a dude. Okay. Yeah. Um, dude's walking in. He's feeling it big time. He's walking in with his buddies. Mm-hmm. He knows he doesn't want to get caught in that, you know, uh, blob of a of a line of people. Even though you're gonna, no, you can't do anything about it. Sure, but uh, he's had a morning. He's walking himself in there from like Hammerlot or whatever. Okay, and because he's not a he's he's a private parking guy. Oh, absolutely, right. Yeah. So he's walking in. He's got his buddies, and he sees this giant sign or giant fence, and he sees a sign that says "No trespassing," okay. and he says, "You talking to me?" There's no way this sign's talking. That sign's not going to tell me what to do. I'm Dave. Dave climbs up, sees the uh, the stuff at the you know on the other side of the chain link fence, and he's like, "I got to see what's in there." Does the old hopperuski over the top? Land, sticks the landing, no problem. Starts easy street walking, twirling his cane, falls into a twenty foot hole. Okay, none of that is how it happened. Okay. Well, you have the details, and you're asking me how it happened. Well, because I would assume you're gonna. Well, it would be a quick, like, oh, he was gonna try and cut to get to the line faster, jump through this thing, because across this across the street. I assumed he was coming from like ECC, and he would have to go around like this giant construction site. So screw it, I'm gonna jump through this so I can get to the line faster, so I don't miss kickoff. That's the plan. Okay, I guess. I mean, that does make sense too. I just think of it as it has to be some kind of like belligerent thing of like, I, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna hop this fence, and I'm gonna tell everyone I was the first. Uh, fan inside of okay, uh, that new makes, high, high mark stadium. That makes sense. Both of us are very wrong. Right. Uh, we found out Monday morning mm-hmm. that witnesses say the man who jumped the fence was completely naked. Oh, yes. Of, because of course he was. And covered in human poo. What? Okay, that one, that one caught me off it's guard. It's going to get crazier. What? Witnesses say the man who was naked uh-huh. went into a porta potty and came out covered in dumps. <laughs> Right, I swear to God, I am not making this up. 
They held a press conference. <laughs> yeah. Came out covered in dumps. I, well, Did to they say, say that at the press conference? Yes, what, yes, in a very professional voice. At that point, uh, the uh, suspect opened up the uh, the Porta John, and uh, it was determined by uh, many witnesses on scene uh, that he was head to toe covered in dumps. Okay, so, so he then jumps the fence naked. Dumps while, the fence. He, <laughs> he jumps the fence naked while covered in poo. He fell in the hole, and he had to be rescued. Took 20 minutes to get him out. Now, because he kept slipping. Yes, so, <laughs> they tried to reach down for him. So That's far, mud, right? Oh! So, <laughs> I didn't say mud. I said crud. <laughs> so far, this story's been a wild ride. Yeah, you, I mean, and if, we got to be getting off the off ramp pretty soon, right? Yeah, you're wrong again. Because reports say he suited up at halftime and they put him in. <laughs> Not only was this man drunk, what? He was high on marijuana. LSD. Oh. And cocaine. Okay. The old triple threat. He was quadruple, quadruple threat. threat. He's drunk. Oh, he's, his BAC is arresting 2.4. Let's be honest. Or 0.24. So Actually, no. 2.4. So just to recap the story real quick. Yep. You had a naked man mm-hmm. covered in poo. Yep. Jump a fence mm-hmm. and fall in a hole while drunk, high on marijuana, Tripping balls after doing a bunch of rails of coke. Because nobody circles the wagons. <laughs> How is that humanly possible? I mean, so, but but again, like, he was covered in poop before he jumped the fence. He, yeah, he covered himself in poo, and then he jumped the fence. He covered... Poop. Oh, let me guess. How, no, well, what, you thinking at a partner? Oh, no, I was hey, say, get my back! Well, I'm thinking, like... like Man, I have so many questions. Go, let's just like, try and figure them out. Like, did he say, like, did he take off his clothes in? Did he go into the porta potty naked? That, I think he was naked and then went into the porta potty, but I cannot confirm that. Did he wait in the line naked? <laughs> because I'm sorry, I've tried to jump that line before and you get a lot of mad people. Okay, look, man. I maybe would... maybe that is a uh, fast pass yeah. as far as getting to the front of the line. If your dog, nah, is, you go ahead. If your dog's swinging around, yeah, I'm not going to argue with you. You can take that porta potty. <laughs> So here's the funniest part of this story, as we talk about <laughs> what is and isn't like acceptable in a Bills parking lot. Yeah. The story that he fell in the hole broke around 2 o'clock yesterday while the game was happening. Okay. It wasn't until 3 o'clock Monday afternoon mm-hmm. that we had the details that he was naked, mm-hmm. covered in poo, yep. and on all of the drugs, which means... There were multiple people that saw that man running around naked at some point, mm-hmm. and that didn't even make social media before, like, the news story hit. Yeah, that's an interesting point. What does that say about how we <laughs> handle ourselves at the park like, before a game? <laughs> a man naked, covered in poo, fell in a hole at a construction site, and it took a press conference for everyone to find out what actually happened. Right. How that guy wasn't trending, it blows my mind. In a social media world, yeah. Ryan. Okay. Yeah. I know that the Bills parking lot can be an out-of-control party at some times in some places. Could get a little ruckus. But never in my 34 years of going to games have I heard anything close to something like this. Hmm. And I am dying to know what was laid out on that man's tailgating table. Yeah. I mean, I... Bowl of chips, (laughs) some cookies. Cottonelle. Lines of cocaine, Tupperware of acid strips. You were saying, I'm sorry. No, I I can't... I'm sorry. I've known 
a lot of uh, people, I, obviously, like everyone in sh- their mother shows up to tailgate. Sure. If you're bringing, if you're high on pot, uh, what was it, coke, and LSD while drunk, while drunk, you you're not stopping at Wegmans for for a fruit platter before the game they like definitely have food no chance there's ad there's no way you are in that parking lot no matter how many narcotics you have without having a sub or something there's no like way that. i'm sorry i think you're i there's no way i see that and he's and there's no way he's like going with like a group of friends to tailgate there's no way he went alone with all nah, that stuff i, th- I know minute, but maybe minute, maybe minute, hold, hang on hang on maybe not alone by himself but i think like it's not as if like his friends who are just assumingly on the assuming that he does have friends or he's not some like lunatic who's like completely rogue wait 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 you're gonna tell me that a man <laughs> who got naked covered himself in poo while drunk high on marijuana tripping and doing coke might be some kind of lunatic listen we all make mistakes do we know how old this guy is 29 oh man that's pushing it <laughs> that's pushing it like i well, actually you know what like i don't know no if, that's i'm with you you were right the first time no that actually i i think that actually tracks because if you are going to do that you're you're 100 percent. you're 29 or you're you're knocking on the door 30 at that age you should know what your limits are. Oh, at that age, uh, I 100% agree with you. But also, if you're getting to that point, you don't know what your limits are. And you're going to do that until, and you're going to continue to act like that well into your 30s. Like, that's that's the standard. The okay. standard is the standard. Look, I'm glad this person's okay. Yeah, oh, well, for Obviously, sure. All right. But look, if you told me this was an 18-year-old kid, that makes sense. Like, the kid got excited, 19-year-old kid, did all of the drugs he could, and everything went insane. Not great, but I understand it. If you are 29 years old, mm-hmm. you are at a Bill's tailgate, yep. drunk, mm-hmm. high on all those drugs, yep. naked and covered in poo. Mm-hmm. How have you not died yet? I mean... You shouldn't... Thank God I'm glad he's alive. Sure. And I don't want to see anybody get hurt. But when you have that much substance at the same time, just on a casual Sunday, mm-hmm. that tells me you've done this before and that maybe you should be dead. I think we need to wait. For the 30 for 30 <laughs> to get the full details here, because I think like as as I'm sure everyone listening and anyone who read the story, there are loads of questions. So I think we need to find this this gentleman. I hope this guy is willing to like come out and answer questions. And he's like a fun drug addict, not like an angry drug addict. I mean, it's they're not even the, like remotely the same. But the guy who who streaked a couple of years ago, that was the first thought I had because he has hair like he's dropped acid. OK. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Might be the same guy. Like he had his own GoFundMe after a while. Like in what started making like bar appearances to like <laughs> raise did. money to he like, made a bar like pay his like what municipality ticket or like whatever the case or maybe it was like an, whatever the case. Um, yeah, he was making uh, making appearances to try to cover the fees. You know the other thing too, what? like you know shrooms or whatever LSD, mm-hmm. coke, and marijuana, which sure. are beer. Yep. How expensive was that tailgate party? You have four kinds of narcotics, three kinds of narcotics. I don't even want to spend the money on premium beer. I mean, I, I mean honestly, with uh, with how much Wegmans is charging for a sub, he could probably uh, hit the trifecta <laughs> for around the same. Have you ever walked away from a tailgate in the parking lot because it was too crazy? Um. Not personally, I've I've distanced. I've never left a tailgate that I was like invited to because I'm like this is pushing it. Okay. But I have also, but I definitely have uh, been in the presence of uh, tailgates that are getting a little too uh, too raucous. What made you uncomfortable? Um, I mean, just like the when I feel like anything could change the like any comment or 
literally like a, a, a breeze flowing could change the, the mentality of the mob. Okay. I don't want to be anywhere near it. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, like, but here's the thing. Like if, especially like, for example, if it's a divisional game and like I'm walking by like one of those crazy lots or whatever, and like a, some, like a dolphins fan walks by, like, I'm not like afraid for my safety, but like, I also don't want to be associated with all that stuff going on. Like I want it, I want it to be a welcoming environment. I want everyone to feel like kind of safe. And I think that there is a, um, I guess like I'm afraid that it's going to get out of control too quickly. And I just don't want to be a part of it. Okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, look, it can't get super crazy in that lot. Open fires that get out of control. You talked sure. last week about the guy who the Cowboys fan who had his logo set on fire in the front right. of And you're right about that group mentality, people just being reckless out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But what's weird is I've never felt it too scary to be a part of. Yeah. There is something strange about a Bill's tailgate where you kind of just assume that everything is going to be okay. Which is a very mm. stupid thing to do because there are no adults there. <laughs> Yeah. There are never adults there. Hence, a 29-year-old man we just told you about a poop predicament he found himself in. A poo predicament. And, like, we've seen things go very wrong with our own eyes, right? Like, both in the news and in person. We told that story a couple weeks ago about the uh, man who concussed himself playing catch with us when we were, like, eight. Mm-hmm. There was that kid that died. I say kid. He was in his 20s, I think. Yeah. Remember he drowned in the creek? Yeah. In the middle of that primetime game? Yeah, yeah. I mean... It's not like it can't go poorly, but sure. for some reason, I never feel like, oh, I got to get out of here. Never in my life have I been like, I, I cannot be around this tailgate. Anymore. Yeah, I don't. I mean, now that you say it, I, I don't think I've ever like feared, like legitimately feared for my safety. I mean, at the end of the day, like as Bills fans, like we're in the like we have that that like we're at home base. You know what I mean? Yeah. But also, too, like I, I could see it get like crazy sometimes and I just don't want to be associated with it. But mm. um, but, yeah, no, I mean, mm. that's that's just me. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't. I've never. I've never been afraid that I'm gonna get like beat up. Let me put it that way. Afraid because they couldn't touch me. I'm way too. Way too quick. Way too strong. Okay. Mentally of, and physically. Nothing you said is true. And comically. None of these things. I can diffuse a tough, tense situation. Like I love people like you who think that about themselves. I love people like me too. Based on nothing, <laughs> right? Like everything you have described is solely a fantasy you have in your head of like interactions you've imagined while in the shower. Sure. Not once in your life yeah. have you had to implement any of these skills you think you have. Um, Yet, as a 35-year-old man, you are sincerely confident that not only can you like diffuse the situation by being charming, that if things got physical, you're like, oh, right, yeah, I'm going to flip this switch into Mad Ryan. What? You broke the dragon. Here comes Dragon Ryan. I say it just like that, and they run in fear. In your head. Um. Yeah, well, I've never been in a situation where I've had to, like, like, of course I'm joking. Like, I'm not looking to go to fisticuffs with anybody. But I do think you're wrong in that, like, I am exceptional at diffusing situations through humor. You've never... I've had to do it countless times inside the stadium, which one of which I'll tell you off air. What? <laughs> <laughs> Look, well, I should say I'll remind you of off air. <laughs> no, I remember the story okay. now that you said it just like that. Right, and right. the fact that you won't say it into a microphone. Uh, Way to go. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to uh, half the show that we can't tell you. No, but like going back to the whole idea of the tailgate thing, like, you know, the bills have done, they've gone out of their way to try and make, that parking lot less of a circus. Yeah. They don't like the reputation that comes from the insanity. It, it, I, well, I go ahead. I'm sorry. You're yeah. No, I, I think that, I don't think that the bills don't like 
the reputation that comes with it. I just think that they're trying to dial back on some of the crazy debauchery okay. that goes on there. You're right, because you're right. They do capitalize on the table smashing. Yeah. And uh, so it is. They, they they walk this weird line yeah. where we're going to use it mm -hmm. to show how great our fan base is. But don't you dare think about doing it at our parking lot. Well, I mean, like, I mean, you you go to like the Pinto runs and like the, you know, the, the like crazy, like, like the guy with the milk who like had it on like a, whatever the case, like you have these like, um, like mythical tailgater people. Mm -hmm. And you also have like the table jumpers and the smashers and, you know, the bills mafia air quote. Um, yeah, but I just don't, I just don't think that the bills want to be associated with someone jumping off of a tour bus onto like, uh, uh, like stacked up boxes of, of blue light. I also understand the liability. If I, I get it, I get it, I get it. However, what happened here mm -hmm. in the story we just shared with you yeah. is going to set back the five years that they've managed to like almost fix their reputation. Uh, Bro, I don't think so. So we're taping this Monday night. Mm -hmm. The details of the story broke Monday around three o'clock. Yeah. By Tuesday morning, this will be an international story. I don't disagree with you that it will be an international story, but I don't think it will be anything more than uh, look at this idiot. Like as, as they close out a segment, it'll get that like, you know, PTI, uh, like what, 30 seconds uh, at the roundup at the end of the show. There will be a deep written piece from some website oh, you're, and yeah. a prominent website. Are Bill's fans out of control? No Mark way. my words. And when they're talking about it on TV, you're going to see those videos of guys jumping through tables. Somebody sets themselves on fire, all stuff like that. Yeah, I disagree. I'm telling you, man, we're not the darlings that we used to be a couple of years ago. I think people are getting annoyed with Bill's fans. We talked about this. I, I don't disagree with you there, but I don't think it's to the point where it's like, we should do something about these Bill's fans. We're going to find out what's making Ryan sad. We also have to have a discussion about something that happened on Sunday. Oh, serious talk. Yes, no, actually. Because um, I asked you if you could help out the show a little bit, you know, give me any ideas. You maybe, had. maybe. Uh, and you didn't. But you did. Well, I guess I kind of did in a way. Okay. Texting during a game can be dangerous. Because hmm. there's a lot of text threads going on. And you, Ryan, proved perfectly why. You gotta really focus on where that text is going. And we'll get into it next. Let's go, Duffalo. The Odyssey Apple Beach Podcast. Cell phones are dangerous things, Ryan. You know, with great power comes great responsibility. And here's the thing. You're not allowed to drive while texting because that is distracting and you can hurt yourself. Not anymore. We might Thanks, Hogel. We might <laughs> we might have to institute a no-watching-bills-game-while-texting policy based on how things went out of control for you yesterday. Yeah, you know, it may be, uh, it may be an advisement. So let's go, Duffalo, the Odyssey app, where you can get your podcast. Please like, subscribe, give us all the stars, because we're worth your stars. I think so. Are you, we not, are and, we... and you can also find us on TikTok You were saying? We'll get to uh, what happened yesterday uh, via phone in just a second, hmm. but it is that time of the show that everybody loves to hear you scramble. I hear nothing but positive things. What are they going to say to your face? My friends, only positive things. Okay. I live in an emotionally supportive bubble. Well, but things still make you sad. Sometimes. Let's find out what's making Ryan sad. Listen. Listen. 
The Bills had a dominant win. Yes. The Bills covered for those who celebrate. There's not a lot to be upset about after such a dominant home opener of a win. Mm-hmm. Especially when you were coming off of such a low. Yep. However, there was an image that I saw during the game, maybe after the game, but around the game, that made me pretty sad. Which was? And don't get me wrong. I think that this person... Oh, my God. The person that the picture was of is an important Buffalo Bills person. Okay, I know what it is. Everyone everyone listening knows what it is. Why don't you just say what it is? Maybe not the most important. Oh, my God. But definitely has a place. I'm going to say it if you don't say it. In people's hearts. I'm going to blow your thing if you don't say it. But what's making me sad is watching poor Buffalo Bills legend Takeo Spikes Mm -hmm. trying to watch the football game after he was presumably invited by the NFL legends or the Bills legends, you know, team. Yeah, he was. I mean, he did the, uh, where would you rather be the right here, right now on the field? Yeah. So he's there in attendance and sitting in like the worst obstructed view seat ever. So for those who didn't see the picture, uh, Takeo Spikes, it's a shot from behind him. He's in a suite, Mm -hmm. which has a second level, like, Second level, yeah, in front of his face, he cannot see the opposite end zone of where he's sitting. It's the it's the most ridiculous. The fact that there is a suite that has that view <laughs> is insane. Yeah, I don't understand, like, why that would. Be. I mean, I understand we're on the way out. You know, we got a new stadium coming. Uh, but yeah, that whole thing blows my mind. So there was a story by Tim Graham in the athletic, uh, right after that picture surfaced. Mm-hmm. At least there was a tweet. I'm sorry, where he said that several Bills alumni have been upset with how they've been treated coming back to do. So he does say there was, uh, and again, this is Tim Graham reporting. It's the only place I've seen this, that when Marv Levy came back last season, Mm -hmm. that he was put in a situation with fans. Oh, where like where he was sitting, there were just regular fans. And he said that everyone was polite and cool, but it was way too overwhelming for a guy in his 90s. Right, and right, the right. Bills didn't consider that when they put him up there. Yikes. So, I mean, like there are guys like Thurman and Jim and Bruce where they have those suites that I think are their suites. I would right? ima- yeah, I would imagine they have their own ticket. Yeah, but for wherever, for everyone else that's coming in from the outside, you know, your Stevie Johnson's, your Takeo Spikes, your own keep going and going. Yeah, your yeah. Aaron Williams is, is your it, friend Jackson's is, is. Exactly. Like they're going to get put where the Bills put him. And it is my blowing i mean i guess you're not making money on those guys so you're not going to put them in a nicer suite but at the same time that is a terrible look for the franchise well here's i was thinking about this too like and and because this is the first time this has come or at least to me like you're to your point like if this has been something that's been like secretly going on or like you know under the radar going on for a while like that's that makes sense too but like it made me think like is any let because they have a legend come back every single game. You know, you're leading the charge yep. or you're doing the the chant or whatever the case. Are it made me think that like is Takeo Spikes the first one who's ever like, uh, hang on, I'm actually gonna watch the game. Because I also can imagine that like if you are an NFL legend or a Bills legend and you're doing that whole thing, that you probably have a whole itinerary of like things that you're doing or like yeah. you know, like you're before you know it, that sixty minutes is over and then like you're, everyone's going home. Yeah, I don't know. That's maybe you question. don't get an opportunity to watch the game, or maybe you're grabbing a bite to eat or catching up with other people that like you used to play with or other Bills, you know, player community people. Um, but yeah, no, I'm watching him like sit in that like poor, like old Fenway park seat, like behind a giant beam was like, like poor guy. Like, can't you can't bring him down to like even the club level would have been. Well, better. yeah, no, but if you bring him to the club level, he's going to be doing nothing but shaking hands and taking pictures. You are fair enough. But like, you're telling me that the, to the bills, you're telling me that the only place that you can put 
at like Bills legends that are specifically coming back to let's be honest, like kind of do you a favor, right? I think it goes both ways. Fair. I, I guess it's I a mutually I mean, look, beneficial yes, thing. I mean, like not only do they get a little pub and they probably get to do appearances in Buffalo that they get paid for, but you know, you also get that hug years after. Yeah. Right. As great as Takeo Spikes is. How often does Takeo Spice get recognized walking through an airport outside of the city that he lives in? I mean, I would see him from a mile. That guy has the most recognizable face in the world. I understand, but if you're not a Bengals or Bills fan, you don't know who Takeo Spikes is. Fair enough. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I get your point. Right, you go from being a millionaire and everyone's all American, and I'm and Takeo Spikes is doing great. I think sure. he's an NBA. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not slamming Takeo Spikes, but we've heard from several former NFL players. In fact, Thurman Thomas, we did an interview with him in the break room a couple of years ago mm-hmm. where he talked about the difference in his react relationship with the fans when he was playing mm-hmm. versus now. Okay. And how he didn't appreciate the fans the way he should have when he was playing mm-hmm. and how now every interaction he has, he cherishes. You don't know what you got till it's gone. Exactly. Right. It's going to be hard to go from everyone wants a piece of you to nobody cares about you anymore. And that's a pro football hall of famer saying that mm-hmm. imagine a guy like, you know, Mark Pike or Phil Hansen or, you know, Scott Chandler. Exactly. Guys like that, where when it's done outside of the small town you grew up in and the city that you go back to where you played and mm-hmm. Buffalo's weird about that too, where we love those blue collar unique guys it's not there anymore the juice ain't there yeah and again i I don't want this to turn into like a ragging on takeo spikes you know hour and and like i understand he played on the team when we weren't historically very good no he he caught the he caught the back end of when the bills were takeo spikes and london fletcher together with drew bledsoe that was supposed to be a team that was going to do something yeah fair enough um but but it to me i think like Takeo Spikes is the one who's going to lead out the charge on opening day of the 2023 season. I love Takeo Spikes. I do, I do too. Don't get me wrong. But like, like no, I, I definitely do. But like, is he a, like a marketable name? You know, like you're telling me you couldn't get like, has Kyle Williams done it? Yeah, has, Kyle has Williams Fred, okay. Like, I mean, I, I, again, like I'm not trying to say like Takeo Spikes is like a, uh, you know, dollar store version of a, and of our bills legend, but like, I don't know, like he's it's been quite some time since he played during a time when the Bills were not very good. No, I mean I think that I remember I was at the game where his Achilles blew and that was the end of it for him in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And I remember I vividly remember him sitting on the turf. He slammed his helmet on the turf because he knew. Yeah. He knew that like it wasn't gonna be the same from uh, this point in that moment. I just I can picture it and that's just terrible. I would make the argument that Takeo Spikes could be a top five underrated Buffalo Bill in the history of the franchise. I would entertain that discussion. I would love to have that um at another time. That's my my next suggestion. For okay, well, let's hear. We'll try and have him on. We'll build a suite where he can only see three quarters of the field. I mean, at, at this point, like he can get a whole 360 of this broom closet that we're in. Okay, I'm sorry. What's your home studio look like? I mean, it's pretty nice. Yeah, it's on the porch. It's it's uh, three quarters. Yeah, we did it there one time, and there kept there were squirrels in the background that kept making noise. Yeah, I live in 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 the wilderness. You live in Greece, the wilderness. You live a block from the mall. Yeah, but there's wilderness behind the mall. Okay. Um, we need to talk about something that happened yesterday between you and I. Well, what happened? Uh, and this, I think, is an issue that all Bills fans need to be aware of. Mm-hmm. After the show, or after, excuse me, after the game, you know, I'm getting ready to put the show together here because you know it's a it's a team effort. Sure. Yeah. No. So uh, I got to do my one second, <laughs> my one twoth. <laughs> so I texted you, and all right, so I, if you could pull up your phone so we could do this back and forth. Sure. Because we text each other throughout the whole game. Mm-hmm. And I texted you, give me some ideas for content for the show tomorrow. So I'm waiting for you to respond so I can get to work. Uh, could you read to me 
your response to that. I don't have my glasses. Read the text. The image of a penis wearing tinted glasses and aggressively clapping the balls together on a good third down hold. So I asked you, Mm -hmm. give me some ideas for the show tomorrow. And you replied, and again, I quote, the image of a penis wearing tinted glasses and aggressively clapping the balls together (laughs) on a good third down hold. Everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about. I have no idea what you... So I text, what? Mm -hmm. And you replied... Wrong text. Okay. So you said you had questions? I have a thousand questions. Sure, fire away. Open book. First question, Mm -hmm. who is that text supposed to go to? Well, here's the thing, Pat. Wrong text is my emergency pull. That's my, you know, I'm pulling the emergency parachute, the reserve parachute. That text was for you. What the hell does that even mean? I was just trying to be a goofball. I don't believe you. What What are you talking about? Oh, okay. Well, let's be honest here. The origins of that image started in a different chat. <laughs> so it was a wrong text. What are you talking about? I was just trying to merge two worlds together. So all. you texted me something you meant to text somebody else. Mm, I texted you a continuation of something I had already talked about. Of a conversation that I had with nobody else. That <laughs> but I, I knew you'd laugh. I don't even understand what it means. I'm only laughing because I'm looking at your stupid face. Like, when you texted me that yesterday, I thought you were, like, having a stroke. Please. The image of a penis wearing tinted glasses and aggressively clapping the balls together on a good third down hold? What? So... You know, Sean McDermott can be a bit pale, you know. He's got his tinted glasses out now, and he loves to clap. So to me, I just thought it would be a funny caricature uh, uh, and um, anthropomorphized uh, unit dressed like Sean McDermott with the glasses, and he's always clapping. So, like, what's the next logical connection of what's going to be clapping together? Yeah, I mean, that's the logical. Play smart! He's pointing to his head. <laughs> Where would the finger come from? Yeah, well, yeah, um, yeah. No, I just you know I was trying to make a you're trying watching, to make a goof. You're watching the game with Sean McDermott in your head as a giant penis. There's a lot going on up there. Okay. Da, 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 da. Hey, da, da, da. who were you having that discussion with? I mean, I was chatting with some friends, and, and, and so here's the origin of what happened. I don't, I, I don't know if I want to know. I mean, it's fair, okay. you know. Um, I had a bit of fair. A uh, friend of mine was uh, at a uh, uh, a youth hockey game during the during the game, and I was texting with some other friends, mm-hmm. and they couldn't watch the game. They had mentioned, you know, like, "Hey, what's happening?" Because they they didn't want to Google it or whatever. Who knows? No, no shade to her. Um, and someone chimed in, as you know, goofballs do. Uh, we started responding about all this crazy stuff that didn't happen during the game that we said was happening during the game. Blue cheese is pouring out of the uh, the concrete pillars for some reason. Sean or uh, uh, Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs just kissed at the fifty yard line, like crazy stuff. And then during a lot the, of homoerotic stuff in these text messages. Yeah, I mean, it's a co-ed chat. Okay, so the that image was brought up at some point. By me. <laughs> and I just wanted to carry it over to you because I thought you'd get a laugh out of it. Okay. Uh, here's my question. Yeah. Would you make your Bills game text public if the only way you could text during Bills games is if everyone could look at them when you were done? Yeah, I would be okay with it. 
I got nothing to hide. Okay, you don't have what what I just read out loud. You don't have that to hide, what, dude. I'm an open book, man. You get you get the real, maybe, real. Maybe you should close that book every once in a while. I mean, if you don't want to read it, you can put it down. You can how, get the audio book too. How many text threads do you have going during a game at the same time? Um, I'd say between five or six. Okay, I think that's pretty standard for yeah. most Bills fans, right? Yeah, because like whether whether there are some that like I have like good friends that either you know at this point that I used to work with, uh, like individual conversations with people that I, that are you know Bills fans and like that's what we talk about. I actually have one friend uh, who the only text messages that we've said back and forth, like over like two years now is just go bills between the two of us. That sounds like a really good friend where you're only communicating. Honestly, go I bills. love it. And, and when, when it's the off season, like I look forward to like seeing my phone, like buzz. And it's just from that guy. And it just says, go bills. Like I, I love this conversation. Okay. So here's what I want to know from most bills fans. And you know, the person I have here, it's not like people can call the show as we're taping this in, uh, as you put it, my broom oh, closet. Feel free to, uh, to field your question. And I'll see if I can give you an answer. Does everyone that texts you during a game, make the cut for a text back. Yeah. So you'll text back everybody during the game. I'm, I'm locked in and I usually have my phone like in my hand. So if, if, if here's the thing though, I'm historically a bad texter backer when it comes to like just general life. Yeah, you are. So I, I own that a hundred percent. That's me. That's a flaw. But when the game is on and like, I'm watching the game and like, whether it's like following on, on bleacher report or checking stats of other games, whatever the case, like that's the time, like just word of the wise. If anyone has my number and wants to get in touch with me, Sundays between one o'clock and four o'clock are the best time. See, I'm the exact opposite. Like there are a specific group of people who I will respond to. If you text me during the game, mm -hmm. if you text me during the game and I don't text back to you, you do not matter in my football life. Well, that's pretty telling to anyone who's listening to this. Well, who who texts you and you just don't respond back? But like, I think that's fair, right? Like, I am dialed in in that game. The only response I'm going to give are to the people whose one football opinion I care about, or two people I have to, you know, I love, so I have to like respond to them. But even some Thanks. of those people, Thanks, Pat. I'm you're neither of those things. Oh, all right. No, but like, even like some people I care about, like I'm going to let it slide. Mm -hmm. Like you know, I love mom. Sure, I would hope. Oh, you know, she can wait till 425. <laughs> wow. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, you know. Curveball. I'm just saying, all right, mom's great, right? Like, you know, he texts me during a game. You're gonna have to, you're gonna, unless it's, like, something really, really bad. And even then, there's going to be a level of, like, you know, emergency of whether I need to get back to you right now while the game is happening. Oh, no. That's terrible. So sorry. <laughs> so Throw sorry. your phone across the room. congratulations. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm not reading all that. <laughs> <laughs> like, when it comes to the text threads you have going on during a game. Yeah. You have to be very careful to keep them straight because yeah. you have your straight football conversations, mm -hmm. which are standard. You have your goofy football conversations. Uh, for example, the image of a penis with glasses on using the balls to clap aggressively for a third down. What's the problem here? And then you have like your boss and mother-in-law ones that could show up during a game. Yeah. And you cannot get those lines crossed. Well, okay. You're yeah. going to have some oh, issues. I, I don't disagree with you that you can't keep those lines crossed. Or rather, I'm sorry that you can't. You need to. You need to keep your streams separate. You can't cross them. Don't cross the streams. Don't do it. I love this plan. I'm happy to be a part of it. Um, I'm sorry, man. I'm exceptionally good at keeping those streams efficient. When I'm like locked in, mm -hmm. whether it's a Bills game, whether it's you know like do is com trying to complete some kind of task. <laughs> Everyone, my wife's probably listening to this, being like, "This guy's like delusional." Um, I think I'm exceptionally good at you know, uh, covering all of the different things that are going on when it's pressure time. 
I think that's so. So my point there is like, I feel like I can really manage the conversations that I'm having with people when I'm dialed into the game because I'm in like efficiency mode. I'm in two minute drill for three hours. Why are you looking at me like that? I've known you since the moment you were born. Sure. And what I'm going to say, I'm not trying to be mean. Oh, wow. Everyone. That's I'm, no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. No, you're ugly. You're the least effective under pressure person I've ever met in my life. Hmm. That's uh, that's harsh. You're very easily thrown by curveballs. Hmm. Trying to think. Oh, okay. How about any time it happened in front of me? Any one of those times. From the beginning of your life to literally up to this moment. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. I think I'm a really good game manager when it comes to, you know, the things that are coming at me. I think if your wife was here, we'd both be making fun of you to your face with specific examples. Right Maybe. Now. But luckily, I'm not phased under pressure. And I'm just going to, you know, uno reverse those criticisms right back to y'all. Because you both got opportunity too, friends. That's right. So going back to the text thing <laughs> in football, if things start going bad, are you obligated to text back to people that are texting you during the game? I think that's oh, well. Okay. Like even the people I care about, if like if stuff starts going really bad and I'm frustrated, I just bail on that text chain. I'm done. I'm done talking. Well, okay. If if I think we need to make a distinction here. Okay. What I'm talking about is where like when I can like when I'm dialed in and I can talk with people that are texting me during the game. It's about the game or it's about the bills. No, I understand. Right. If someone's texting me like. Hey, man, uh, what are your thoughts about, you know, the TPS reports that are due on Thursday? Like, I'm not giving that a time of day. I'm leaving that on red. No, See us. I mean, even like the Bills text line, text threads, like if things start going wrong and they're like, oh, what was that? I'm just not. I'm the, not. Okay. So with, so yes, I completely agree with you. If, if I get some boo birds in, whether it is a group chat or an individual chat, with the rare exception of you, you're the only person that I will respond back to you because I think that you and I are very uh, aligned as far as when that's appropriate to be like, what the heck is going on here? Uh, opening drive, uh, I should say opening series is for the Bills on Sunday, um, a key uh, indicator of that. So, yeah, I but but if. I start to see some... What are you laughing for? I'm laughing at your text messages yesterday during the game. What's up? This is terrible. Dynamite opening script. <laughs> Running back one controversy. He's cooked. Silly goose in the pot. <laughs> Have we returned to punt yet this season? I feel... My <laughs> what? I don't want to read that one out loud. <laughs> no, but like, bro, now that I'm looking back on it, you are the negative guy. You started it. You started it. What? You started that whole thing. I wouldn't have said that to you if you hadn't of of started the whole conversation. I did say now you want to run run pass because we had that run run pass discussion on the show last week and that exactly. first script was run run pass. So yeah, you opened Pandora's box. No, there, but I buddy. said one thing and then the next night sucks, hate it, silly goose. Oh, that silly goose I was talking about, Ken Dorsey. Because I'm sorry, like if you you're going three and out, like that's your opening drive script, and you go three and out, like after you it's a bounce back. Like yeah, it, it, I was a bit worried at that point. Hey, I'm and then thirty eight. Oh, 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 oh wow you do really good under pressure it's it's frustrating oh, when when frustrating. i know that you're just trying it's to frustrating and frustrating i'm really good under pressure guys oh i can't handle words yeah i can't but let me tell you man if there was a group here and it was getting out of control mm -hmm. uh, one i diffuse it with my chart definitely two if they want to get something about it you know i'd uh, puff my chest out a little bit three they want to throw a punch you know what mm -hmm. here i come Look at that. Here comes Ryan. Mm -hmm. Good under pressure. Yeah, I think so. 
Never let him see you sweat. Best advice I ever got. You are literally sweating all the time. It's hot in under this hoodie. There is a game on Sunday. This is great, man. Like, it, this is gonna sound stupid, but like everything that comes out of your mouth. Oh well, the, I'm really good at the pressure, guys. Shoot me out, don't let bother me. It is so awesome to know that there's football every week until February. It's it's a really great feeling. Like the the max they have to wait for football is like three days. Yeah, it's the best. Bills on the road again. We get into it next. Let's go Duffalo, the Odyssey app. They should be able to do it against. They could put up 500 points, maybe. Wait, what? Try to get over 500. Are you talking about yards? Okay, I know it's 1030 as we're finishing this up. Is it really? Oh, my gosh. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Didn't realize. If you just hold together for another 10 minutes, we're almost there. Like glue. So let's go, Duffalo, the Odyssey app. We get your podcast. His name is Ryan Duffy. Hello. My name is Pat Duffy. Bills Commanders in Washington on Sunday as we tape this. The Bills are six and a half point favorites on the road, mm-hmm. which would be a, that means they believe that the Commanders are about at the same level as the Raiders were based on points based on the home field advantage. Yep, yep, yep. It. All right, so this will be the third straight week the Bills are playing a team with zero losses. Interesting. Jets came in zero and zero. Raiders came in one and zero. The Commanders are two and two and zero. However. Uh, If you look a little past the record, you see that that could be a little misleading. Why is that? Well, uh, in week one, the Commanders beat the Cardinals by four. Oh. They almost blew that game. Yikes. Then on Sunday, they held off a furious comeback by the Broncos. Did you see? (laughs) If you didn't see the game. Uh, they had, what was it, a 14-point lead with like six minutes left? Something like that, Broncos yeah. Mount a furious comeback, a 60-yard Hail Mary from Russell Wilson, caught, <laughs> bounces off a helmet, ends up in the end zone. Can I just say real quick, going back to the text message conversation, I was texting with two friends of mine while that game was finishing. Okay. And and like we're talking about like, oh, the Broncos are going to be 0-2. Like there's no way this could pull. Like I was looking at like the down and distance on, on Bleacher Report. Like, because I wasn't watching the game itself. And I, like, I, I, I'm never the guy who's like, nothing can stop Rowan Gardner now, you know? <laughs> and, and I just, for whatever reason, felt compelled to be like Russell Wilson from the 30 yard line. Like, come on. Like, you haven't been able to score up to this point. It's Russell Wilson. It's not going to happen. And then I see a text message from him. I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and I pull it back up and it says they're down by, uh, by two. Because at that point, yeah, they were down by eight, so yes. they need to score and get the conversion. Two point conversion. Um, yeah, and the, like I see the like Broncos touchdown. I was like, "Are you serious?" But it was the most ridiculous comedy of errors. I watched this play happen live. So he rears back, he chucks the hail mary, it bounces off some hands, goes over somebody's shoulder, touchdown. Mm-hmm. All they need is the two point conversion to tie. You convert on that hail mary, you couldn't convert on the two point conversion. Like it was the most. Commanders Broncos end of a game I've ever seen in my life. I will say one point to that, and and I think Russell Wilson gets a lot of flack. I, I definitely don't think he's at the same you know level that he either once was, or maybe oh, yeah. people thought that he was. Understanding you know? of the century. Um, one thing I will say though, I think he did have really good composure after that because what that was a fifty yard pass, hail mary for like that, yeah. yeah. 
I when the camera flashed back to him, he was just running down the field, like not celebrating, just with like the two fingers in the air, like, hey guys, we're going for two. Like one, of course. Like what are you like <laughs> we all know this. Well guys, we had a good game. Let's kick this right. call Let's extra kick it and, and head home. Uh, but but like it wasn't like a oh my gosh like this just actually happened like he kept his composure it's like all right but you know let's go to business and then not get this conversion <laughs> but yeah right on what is what's his saying uh let's ride yeah let's ride Broncos country let's yeah ride. right on is what drunken Steve Sarkeesian yelled uh when he was the head coach at USC anywho yeah. Google it um <laughs> what I'm getting at is the Commanders are over a two and zero but they have beat two really bad teams and they barely beat two really bad teams yep however they are believing Ryan. Mm-hmm. Sam Howell. Yep. Fifth round pick from last season. Threw for almost 300 yards on Sunday. Had two touchdown passes and a 70% completion percentage. Mm -hmm. No matter who you're playing, that's pretty impressive from a fifth round pick last season. Yeah, totally. You've also got former Buffalo, excuse me, former Bills foe, Kansas City. No, let me try this again. Three, two. You've got Bills, former. I wrote this down a stupid way. The former offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, Eric Bieniemy is now the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. God, did you get your way out of that one? Man, are you okay? Did you hurt yourself? It's 10.30. I've been up since 2.30. Ooh. (laughs) That's what you sound like. What I sound like, I'm going to punch you right in your stupid face. (laughs) It has been a day. I will come across this table. I know. I know, man. Tell me about it. Eric Biennemi. Former uh, Kansas City offensive coordinator extraordinaire. But he didn't call the plays in Kansas City. That was the reason he wasn't getting head coaching looks or his past. Who knows? Wait, so Andy Reid was calling the plays and uh, and Eric Bieniemy was just there? You didn't know that? I didn't. Oh, I knew that Eric, Eric Bieniemy was the uh, OC in Kansas yeah, City. Yeah, he did. I didn't realize he didn't call plays. No. And I don't understand. Like, I think we may have talked about this before. Maybe not on the show. But like the idea of like a head coach who calls plays, Like, why do you even have an offensive coordinator? Well, I mean, that's McDermott. They don't have a defensive coordinator. That's my point. Yeah, like, why are you? Yeah. yeah like, why well, do you have someone on staff? I understand there's other things you could be doing. He's running like, your system. He's going to install the plays and you're going to be the one that makes the decision on game day. It makes sense to me. Yeah, okay. Right. It's, I mean, you have to worry about both sides of the ball outside, but in game time, you're going to worry about the offense. It just seems more delegation of a, of a task than it does uh, um, empowerment to execute an offense. The point I'm getting at is Eric Bieniemy is looking to make a statement to get a head coaching job next year, and a win against the Bills or a good performance against the Bills would definitely do that. I, I think it could potentially help, especially against the Bills' defense. Yeah. Um, I mean, come on. His goose is cooked. We hey, stop hey, using the goose analogy for that he's got, he's got a cooked goose right in the pot. The the heat that Eric Bieniemy has taken from you know, everything that's come out of KC and the fact that he continues to not get a head coaching job warranted or not. Like, I'm sorry. I think like he's got a, uh, a reputation and even, even with the, uh, the commanders this off season, like in training camp where they were, he was like being a jerk reportedly to like other players. Yeah, and Rob stuff. Rivera, the head coach of the commanders. I don't know if he's a great coach or a terrible coach. Cause there are times where I hear him speak and it's like, wow, that guy's really inspiring. Mm-hmm. And then there are times where I hear him talk about stuff going on internally with the team. And it's like, Hey man, you know, you don't have to say that in yeah. the microphone. Yeah. You just keep things to yourself. I mean, you get the, I, I appreciate that kind of, you know, call it lack of candor i mean you feel i feel like you get the same from like you know dan campbell and uh to some extent uh mike mcdaniel you know i yeah i I don't hate that kind of character but i see your point so the defensive line in washington is what's scary Mm -hmm. Uh, and that was something that was an issue for the bills opening night Mm -hmm. 
But Josh was totally clean after that Raiders game. And look, credit where credit's due. Spencer Brown kept Mac Cro- Max Crosby completely off of the stat sheet. Two X's. Max. Max. Crosby. Crosby. Um, yeah, no, for sure. And I didn't rewatch the game. I did. Again, I'm not trying to nitpick on Spencer Brown. Lord knows he's had enough guff over the last couple of years. I'd, I don't know if that was part of the strategy for Max Crosby to like contain. I don't know if he was trying to get a pass rush or whatever the case. He but, was absolutely trying to get a pass rush. All right, fair enough. I mean, like like I said, I, on some Are of the replays that I saw, I saw that Max Crosby was kind of hanging out just on, almost on the edge of the line of scrimmage of like, if he is going to break it loose, I'm going to contain him. No, I mean, there were multiple plays where Spencer Brown held him up. Like, it, it wasn't happening. Cool. It, the, the That's pass. awesome. Cool. How do you not give Spencer Brown credit? I'm not not giving Spencer Brown credit. I'm not not giving yeah, a double negative. I am giving him credit. You could have just said that. You said it. Oh, my God. I hate you so much. Really good under pressure. It's annoying. You're annoying is what you are. No, you can hear it. It's 1030 at night. I didn't get my nap. My bottle was clogged. The good news for the Bills. Bills D-line is also good. Mm-hmm. And that has been a problem for the commanders. Sure. Sam Howell. Has been tackled. She's tackled. Sam Howell has been sacked. Sackled. <laughs> Ten times. Through two games. Mm-hmm. Ten, he's taking five, He's averaging five sacks taken a game, which is what the Bills lost opening night. But, hey, we narrowed it down to two and a half after that game on Sunday, so we got Score. that going for us. I mean, that should have Rousseau and Floyd and Ed Oliver licking their freaking chops for this game on Sunday. Yeah, for but sure. This might be the two, three sack game that we were waiting for from Rousseau. Yeah. That nasty streak shows up. That would be a, That would be nice. That would be very nice. Look at you. I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm not frustrated. frustrated. I'm thinking. I'm, I haven't considered that. And I also think, too, like, what does the commander's, uh, you know, receiver core look like? Uh, that Terry McLaurin can play. Sure. Is he hurt? I mean, look, he threw. I don't I mean, know. Howell threw for almost 300 yards. Fair. They hung, what, 30-something points on the Broncos. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the Broncos, but, you know, it means they got someone who can catch the ball. Sure. No, that's a good point. I don't know what the Broncos' defense looks like. Is it good? Uh, Probably not. The Raiders. Well, they, they held the Raiders to 17. 17, yeah. Well, we hauled them to 10. So Thank you. That's less. <laughs> Hold on. Let me check. Let me Google this. Yeah, it's you're right. It's Buffalo defense is better. Okay. Bills, six and a half point favorites. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? I think that they can cover. You know, I think the Bills, will, I think this is a Bills win game. Um, and I think the Bills cover six and a half. Okay. I mean, this is a game that everyone is expecting the Bills to win. And the one thing that sucks about how the schedule is lined up, mm-hmm. right? Like you had the Jets game with all that anticipation for Aaron Rodgers. We were going to figure out if this Bills team was good right out of the gate. Yeah. And then the way everything played out, we have no idea mm-hmm. after opening night. Yeah. Then you get the Raiders, and, you know, a 28-point win is great, but that doesn't say much about how good the team is. Yeah, for sure. Right? From a competitive for a top overall seed playoff standpoint. Mm-hmm. And then you go to Washington, and again, if you drub the commanders, no one's going to be like, Bills are back, baby. Sure. Almost like a, a like an early, like, trap light kind of game. Yeah, a little bit. And for the record, I, I know that I did pick this game to be one that the Bills would drop in the preseason when you, we were you, going through the record. You did that. I think that um, based off of the... The anomaly that was week one and the stellar performance that is week two. I don't I don't see any reason why the Bills would drop this. But, you know, like you said before, uh, you love Feast or Famine Josh Allen. So maybe you'll get him on Sunday and, you know, you're you're uh, you'll be satisfied to your heart's content. Yeah, because he's going to feast. And what are you? He's 450 yards and five touchdowns. He's AFC player of the week. That'd Sweet. be great. Awesome. I really, want ho- I really hope he gets it this week, though. Yeah. You know, we'll see. We'll find out tomorrow. So you have the Bills winning. Mm-hmm. You have them winning by more than a touchdown. I think that, oh, no, six and a half. If they win by a touchdown, okay. they'll, they'll cover. Yes. A touchdown. Yeah. Gotcha. I definitely think so. All right. 
Patrick. So we will find out for sure, if not Sunday, mm-hmm. definitely the week after with Miami coming to Buffalo, where this team legitimately stands. Yep. Uh, are you worried about that Dolphins game real quick looking ahead? I mean, I'm, I think it's going to be a really good matchup. Oh. I definitely think it's going to be a good matchup. I think that the... Um, the, the bills defense is going to match up really nicely against the, uh, the dolphins. They did last year at every single time they played all three times they played them. Mm -hmm. I mean, the dolphins want to say that their offense got better. Mm -hmm. I think you can make the argument that this bills defense is better, whether it's the players on the field. I mean, don't forget that game on Sunday against the Raiders was Mm -hmm. the first time since two Thanksgivings ago Mm -hmm. that Tredavious white, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer were all on the field together. Uh And Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, Tredavious White, and Von Miller have never all been on the field together. Wow, I never realized that. So that week five, knock on wood. Assuming that Von Miller's back to play. Yes, I think he's good to go. I would assume so too. I mean, he had said even that he could have played opening night. It was just his conditioning. which And he also said he didn't have a torn uh, ACL when he got hurt at the Jets game. He's not a doctor, man. He's not Dr. Von Miller. I'll I'll be back by the Jets game. No problem. Season ending uh, MCL ACL surgery. (laughs) Yeah, maybe we should just like keep him quiet. I love how like he always, if you ever listen to the Von cast, like he's always talking about putting his GM hat on. It's like, <laughs> if he was the GM over himself, like playing him early, like he would be retired at this point. Yeah, you're probably right. Well, we'll <laughs> let him play football. It's probably the best he's going to sure. do. All right. Bills, Commanders, 1 o'clock on Sunday. We will be back for a Monday night taping. Tuesday morning premiere as we do every week. We can like, subscribe, all of the stars. Where can we follow on TikTok, Ryan? Yep, you can find us on TikTok at let's.go.duffalo. Let's try and keep all the spelling errors off the TikToks this week. I appreciate that. Oh, please. Please. My, my name is Pat Duffy. His name is Ryan Duffy. But before we go, go Bills! Go Bills!